Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. We've got Susan News coming up here in just a couple of minutes. See what I did there. Oh. You like this bump? Yep. Yeah, I like Love it. too. David Ditch is also coming up from Heritage Foundation. He um, has written on some of the fiscal nonsense that's going on out there that we're trying to raid in, including some new grants from the president that need some attention. You'll be amazed by some of these. And our tax dollars just go to everything. Uh, everything that you can imagine to waste money on, your money goes to. There's no doubt about it. Kusamano, a little bit later this hour. I want to promote to um, an hour from now because James Fishback will be here. He's been a guest previously. Fred, I don't remember the first time we had him on. It was sometime last year. Probably yeah, it was earlier last year. In the spring. And he was a, a guy who debated. You might remember this. He was a high school debater and um, was very active in it in his young adult years as well. And then started realizing that some of these debate, the National Speech and Debate Association went way woke. And they're rewarding, oh, right. they're rewarding kids out there in these debates that are about as out there on the fringe as you can even imagine. Now, I'm just going to give you, um, this is an example. And one of the topics here was just transgender rights. And this is, you know, outside of the substance of what you're about to hear, how is this proper when it comes to the form in which it's presented? They have a white debater on their team, which inherently means they have more whiteness than us. We obviously know that JJ is not white. It's pretty obvious. Go down onto our pick. We give you three words why we subsume all of their protests and affirm their protests. In a pick, what it means is you are furthering their cause just minus the whiteness. As Rebecca is a vehicle for this movement, we say whiteness means really bad for representation in queer people, and it's a bad form of furthering this protest. The best way to further the protest is to vote for our pick and to I have no idea what really she said. She just kept saying whiteness, whiteness, whiteness. But that was in an actual debate, and she was rewarded by the judges. They won. This was a national competition. I can't. So, again, outside of the substance of what she's saying, which I couldn't understand, you know, two-thirds of the word anyway, how is that something that we should reward when it comes to, aren't you training people to properly do yeah. this when they're adults? Is that? Yeah. And by the way, that's uh, maybe that is proper Sadly, preparation that because is proper that's preparation. what you get is a bunch of progressives just shouting yep. people down. I love this, you know, and, and this is only going to help Trump and Republicans, although I am worried, uh, don't, don't get me wrong, but the whole thing about MAGA over and over again. Really, that's the best they can come up with? Ah, oh, these MAGA extreme well, Republicans. Well, yeah, it is the best they can come I, up I, with. I it's the only it thing is. they've got. So I, I thought that was interesting. And James will be here. There is good news, by the way. I will just say this. There's encouraging news on that topic with the National Speech and Debate Association, and we'll explain that in an hour, also in the 5 o'clock hour. Curtis Howe will be back with us. He's the managing editor of Newsbusters. And even ahead of what happened in Iowa, he did some great work 
on the coverage of Hunter's stunt from last week, and we'll talk about the caucuses as well, plus an audio cut of the day. One thing before Sue's news, and I don't know, you, um, well, Fred, you live in St. Louis County. You're not in the city. Right. Sue's in the city, so that means when you take your trash out, as I used to do it in um, in South City, there'd be dumpsters in the back, mm-hmm. and we'd dump them there, right? So mm-hmm. you know, my, one of my favorite things was, was always the game that I played. I think I've talked about this before. If I had something that was uh, somewhat valuable, or maybe not even valuable in my eyes at all, if I just put it next to the dumpster Poof. or put it in the dumpster, it was like I could barely walk into my yes. three-season room that faced uh-huh. the dumpster. And so it was like there's drones out there waiting for people to put uh-huh. stuff it was always amazing to me. Yeah. So in the county, Fred, do you know who does your your collection for trash? Or is that that's got to be it? Look at the look on her face. He didn't have a clue. That's a Marie oh, no, thing. I, yeah. I or Joyce. Know. Joyce, your neighbor, probably it, knows, it, but Marie knows. It changed recently, but I should know. I can't. Oh, remember it changed. Uh, it's I, written on our trash kit. I see it every time. Yeah. I waste it management, out. something maybe, like that. Something well, it's like not that? like oh. waste management. The the company that yeah. does the golf tournament, like the big company, but mm. it's something like. But here's why I bring it up, and I don't know what you can do about this. I have a call out to Dennis Hancock, who is my representative in the area of St. Louis County where I live. And they, they award these contracts. And I remember there was some dispute about this years ago in the county. And there were even lawsuits, if I'm not mistaken. Fred, do you remember that? I do. Yeah. yeah. So here's the real life. Now, I know other people are in this situation as well, so I'm not just trying to make it just about me, which I often really yeah. prefer to do. But well, in this yeah. case, I'm going to make it about other people, too, That's because fair. I can't imagine that they're not facing the same thing. So we look on Sunday night. Our, our recycle is Sunday night, and then trash is on uh, Monday night, last mm-hmm. night. And... There was a holiday, obviously, because we weren't here yesterday. Uh, is the trash getting picked up? Because New Year's Christmas, it wasn't, right? So we look. It says, yes, pick up MLK Day regular okay. pickup. So I looked through the neighborhood, though, and most people had not put their stuff out. I like we're going to put Ooh. it out. Well, I thought maybe I got it wrong. So we put the recycling out Sunday night. Yesterday, no one comes by. And I call. And, boy, you get the best caliber of people when you call a place like this, let me tell you. <laughs> and she says, well, and my wife never got this text message. She says, well, we were supposed to um, – I'm going to paraphrase here because, by the way, I couldn't understand half the words she said. It was awful. But they um, – I guess they ran into, in, you know, the weather situation from yesterday oh, morning. Oh, I didn't think of that. And yeah. they sent a text out that said that we, we cannot pick up this morning. Did you call the county or the company? No, I called the company. Oh, and it, okay. it took a while just to get there because I went online and I found the number and they finally answered yesterday because my question at the time was, hey, are you by any chance coming to pick this up? Well, I was told, what, what's the response that you would expect? What, uh, what do you no, think sir, or yes, sir, or we can't get to it. We can't get to it. Um, okay, so when will you pick it up? Next Monday. Okay, that's a week. For recycling only or the trash? Okay, let's get to today. Let's talk about today, trash day. My trash is overflowing, right? Put it out last night. When I left, had not been picked up. My guess is, because we had no school this morning, that this will be the weather again. So I legitimately, I'm just asking. I'm not asking for a friend. I'm asking for me. Mm-hmm. What do you do in that situation? I've got a recycle, two recycle bins and a trash can that are literally overflowing right now. And the company that we pay for, and the county approves, you know, I think this is an issue for our elected leaders, which is why I got a call out to Dennis Hancock. What do you do in that situation? And by the way, this is a company, like, if you have something that you need a special pickup for or something, they make it so difficult for you to do. So I'm mentioning this because I firmly believe as a capitalist, I know that's an evil word, there should be competition. Like, I should be able to decide that this company sucks ass and I don't want them coming because my experience with whatever this company, I can't even remember the name. It's like waste consultant, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Well, they suck ass, okay? And there's nothing you can do about it. 
Nope. So is that what I should just resign to the fact that there's nothing I can do about it? I because think so. Because I want competition. I want, you know, trash company A, B, C. I want company C because you pick the crap up when the other company won't. Or I, you come the next day or something like that. I assume Sam Page decides who gets the contract there in the council. Well, the council does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I made the fatal mistake of assuming that Monday, Martin Luther King Day, was a holiday for trash pickup. Oh, and they came? So, uh, so I heard them coming like yeah. at 6.15. Yeah. Oh, no. And so I'm jumping out of bed, you know, dragging the bin, the trash oh, cans. Well, Fred, I, the... my sense is that a lot of the people on my block were setting themselves right. up for that, and the only reason that they were saved is because the company didn't come yesterday and today. So, I, I mean, I am I really don't know what I'm going to do for the next week. And it's cold, which is a good thing, because let's face right. it, if it was warm. But... Even if I would put things in, obviously I'm going to put things in um, like a big trash bag or something like that. That's fine. Well, well, then what do you do with it? I mean, I I might, if it doesn't smell too bad, I I know you're not supposed to do this. You you pull into our garage out here. Dave Klein and I did this. Fred, you remember? (laughs) Sue, one time when the, um, well, no, you like this, I (laughs) think. You dropped it from up here down in there? We did. Did you make it? We did. Okay. So if you, just to paint the picture, you go into our uh, garage here at Park Pacific and it's a, it's a closed. It's not this? a complete. Yeah, no. I don't care. No, Why the not? answer is no. It's not Fred. an enclosed Thanks structure. You can up. see outside of it, and you know, but it's covered, obviously. So there's this is an apartment complex. This building too, and there's big dumpster out there. So Dave and I, because nobody, no, this is the part you're going to like. Nobody was cleaning out the refrigerator. We well, took that's it on true. Yes. as a challenge. Yes, we got some trash, um, you know, bags and stuff. And I'm like, well, where are we going to put it? And I remembered the dumpster, so I just yeah. took the damn thing. We videoed it. We threw things down to the- And made it's it. It's two levels down. We made it. Do not bring your trash from home here. I might do that, I Sue. don't think so. Why? Because it's not supposed to go here. I don't want your trash here. Wait, but is this that is, right to this say, is, Fred? This what is, are your thoughts? <laughs> I understand, but you won't get to see it. It's going to be put in the dumpster. Well, because you can't, you can't go to like a business or another dumpster. No, That's no. like technically illegal, uh, right? Yes. This would be, I think, considered another business. Well, I'm going to do it anyway because I don't know what else to do. I'm, just gonna, I'm going to try to do it with the recycled stuff because then it won't smell. Can't you just keep it outside? It's cold. It's not going to smell. Nope. I think I just came up with my plan soon. I'm going to report back on this uh, tomorrow afternoon. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. <laughs> And now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service, MrAppliance.com. On this day in history, we even have a little music for this. 36 years ago today, that would be in 1988, this was the number one song. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. Should be a bump, Abby. Yeah. Write this one down. We're well on our way to 400. She mentioned last week we added 400 new bumper songs in 2023. I've already sent her like 150 or something like that, right? No, not not that many. Okay, yeah. I did like this song quite a bit. Well, there you go. 36 years ago today, George Harrison's Got My Mind Set on You hit number one. Warning, this will get in your head. Oh, yeah. So this was a number one. Good for George. It's going to take patience and time. Those are my first uh, my first days in music radio back then, so I played this one plenty of times, no doubt about that. And last night, uh, Elton John won an Emmy. Okay, whatever. But he became an EGOT winner, which, as you know, is uh, rather incredible. Elton John, live farewell from Dodger Stadium. 
became made Elton John the 19th person to win all four awards. Oh, 19. That's right. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. So I looked up the list of the other people, and it ranges from Richard uh, Rogers from Rogers and Hammerstein, uh, Helen Hayes, Rita Moreno, Audrey Hepburn, let's see, Mel Brooks, Whoopi Goldberg is an EGOT winner. Is that because she won for a comedy record, maybe? Uh, comedian, actress, host, producer, I don't know. Okay. I didn't look up the exact thing. I'm, I'm just thinking about the Grammy. But right, I gotcha. I'm sure. Uh, that, that's a good guess, though. Uh, let's see, Andrew Lloyd Webber, John Legend won it when he was 39 years old and eight months. That's pretty young. Uh, Jennifer Hudson, Viola Davis, and finally, Elton John. That, that's impressive. Wasn't yeah. Whoopi Goldberg in that one movie about a bunch of singing nuns? Uh, the Sister Yeah, Act. Sister Act. Sister Act. Yeah. Maybe that was what it was. No, she won. I'm thinking not, Fred. She won in 1985 oh. for Best Comedy Recording. It was a comedy. Whoopi ah, Goldberg, direct go. from Broadway. Okay. So there you go. Did you see Sister Act? Yeah. Nah, not him. I know. Didn't they harassing. turn that into like a, a Broadway thing, though? Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> uh, and in recognition of the 75th Emmy Awards, the TV Television Academy put together a ranking of the 75 most impactful TV moment, moments. And I will start at number 10. George Carlin hosting the series premiere of Saturday Night Live. Okay. First ever music airing uh, video airing on MTV with the Buggles. That was number nine. These, of course, top ten TV most impactful moments. Number eight, the MASH series finale. Number seven, Mr. Rogers episode 1065 when he invited Officer Clemens, who was black, to share the waiting pool with him in 1969. Hmm. Uh, Number six was MLK Jr. delivering his I Have a Dream speech. In 1963, number five, Walter Cronkite announcing the death of President Kennedy in 1963. Number four, these are impactful uh, TV moments. Number four, the the premiere episode of the miniseries Roots in 1977. Well, that was a big deal. That was huge. Uh, Number three, the Beatles performance on the Ed Sullivan Show in 1964. Number two, live coverage of the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center, September 11th. What do you think? Does anyone got a guess for number one? Think about it. NASA. Oh. Well, oh, Spatial yeah. Challenger. Mm, right. in, no. In 1969, after Apollo 11 landed oh, on the moon, okay. Neil Armstrong said, one small step for man, one giant step, one yeah. giant leap for man. I thought you were going to the, the Challenger disaster because mm, that was another mm-mm. one that was, you know, certainly a TV moment. That's true. Sadly. Impactful, us landing on the moon. Pretty good. Sue's News brought to you by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service. Go to MrAppliance.com. Uh, we already had this for Gilligan's Island, didn't we? In the opening credits for Gilligan's Island, there's an American flag flying at half-mast. We discussed that, didn't we, Fred? Uh, we did. And yeah, you remember Kennedy. why. That is right. So I pulled out a different one for today. During World War II, the U.S. tried to train bats to drop bombs. <laughs> it was called Project X-Ray. I'm not sure that it was successful, but we tried. Small bombs. Uh (laughs) Little tiny bombs. Well, that's the part that kind of jumped. I'm missing Uh something there, Uh but those must have been small bombs. There you go. Tuesday edition of Sue's News this afternoon. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Catch up on NFL. Blues did not fare very well last night, I think it was. But Kusamano is going to be with us. We skipped Monday because of the holidays, so Frank's coming up here in just a couple of minutes. David Ditch is back with us this afternoon from the Heritage Foundation to talk about some fiscal nonsense. I always like to highlight some of that stuff. One of the reasons I am a conservative is because I think that the government confiscates way too much of our money and then does not spend it very efficiently. David is a senior policy analyst with the Heritage Foundation. David, welcome back. How are you this afternoon? Well, my bill stands. I'm doing great. Well, excellent. Let's let's talk now. I know that recently, and you've got some some other grants and stuff like that that we want to highlight. But when I read a piece that you wrote about the well, there's two things. One is the amount of interest that we're now paying on this debt, which uh, we want to address, but also the high speed rail that they're doing in California, either from San Francisco to L.A. or I think they're doing one from L.A. to Vegas as well. But the money here and the uh, price tag astronomical, isn't it? It, it really is. It, it, it's it's hard to really put these sort of things into perspective because so oftentimes the numbers are so gigantic. So, for example, you mentioned interest on the debt. Um, we're on pace to spend a cool trillion dollars, which trillion with a T, on interest on the debt. We can't actually understand what a trillion dollars is because you know, that's such a big number. But let me, let me break it down. If you take the economy of the state of Missouri, that you know, from St. Louis to Kansas City to Joplin to Cape Girardeau and our, all points in between, all those millions of people working all around the year, it would take over three years for all that to add up to a trillion dollars. So you're talking about spending three years of Missouri's economy just on the interest on the debt for one year. Yeah, it's it's staggering. Now, over the holidays, I, boy, David, I don't know about you, but I try not to get into these arguments with friends on politics and stuff like this. And oh, I stumbled into one uh, a couple of weeks ago and got away from it quickly. But the this issue in a roundabout way sort of came up the you know the spending issue and the um, the fiscal irresponsibility tact that that this administration has certainly taken. But I've heard this for for years, and I've talked about fiscal accountability for decades now on the radio. You've been doing this a long time, too. I have people, and this was true with my friend from a couple of weeks ago, ah, 
Doesn't matter. We've heard these predictions. Doesn't matter. Government will still spend money. Social Security, for example. Ah, it's always going to be there. Doesn't matter. They'll turn on the, uh, you know, the printing presses. So there are a fair number of people. And look, I even think you got guys like Paul Krugman at the New York Times that write about this stuff. Ah, I don't believe the scare tactics, right? Now, personally, I don't know how it's sustainable when you have a trillion dollars on the debt and it's going to eat up what percentage of GDP over the next few years. I, I don't know how you can survive. Certainly, you can spend more money and print more money, but that's going to go back to inflation, isn't it? Exactly. We saw what happened uh, you know, in 2021, 2022 with that massive inflation spike that was driven by all the quote-unquote free money that they were throwing around during the pandemic. Inflation is still about half again higher than it was before the pandemic. There's no sign that we're going to get back to where we were. And then... It, you, if there's a recession that happens anytime soon, if we get into a big shooting war, suddenly deficits go through the roof again, inflation is going to be right back where we were. And unfortunately, there's no telling how long it's going to take for American families to get back to the purchasing power, the, that is to say, you know, after you adjust for inflation, that we had in 2019, yeah, just a few we years should ago. normally be making ground. We should be going up every year. No, you're right. And it's staggering how quickly this has come. Well, let's talk about the um, the money for the trains in California in particular. So we have this light rail system here, Metrolink, that was developed many years ago. Dick Gephardt was one of the driving forces when he was a congressman from St. Louis. It's been really exposed as one of the biggest boondoggles that this city has ever participated in. And of course, as you know, David, whenever you have a big boondoggle, what do you have? You have Democrats that want to make it an even bigger boondoggle. So they're talking about extending it and wasting more money, even though it's not used very much. It's just a it's a disaster. And they want to you know keep throwing uh, bad money after good. So in California's case, this is where it gets really into Hall of Fame levels of spending as well. They have a high-speed rail authority that's getting billions of dollars of our federal money, right? Exactly. And this is, honestly, I, I, at this point, I think this is a gigantic scam against the American people. This project was initially authorized in 2008 with the goal of having the whole system finished Today, guess what? In that time, in the intervening years, the expected costs of the project are up by about fourfold. They're now thinking this thing's going to cost over $120 billion. And right now, A, it's not finished. It's not even functioning. None of the stations are operational. They're saying it's going to take at least another 10 years just to get the opening portion, but not, not saying this is going to go from L.A. to San Francisco. It's going to go between two small cities in between L.A. and San Francisco. It is mind-boggling that the federal government has already invested billions in it. The fact that they're going to be sending more billions is essentially just lighting money on fire. Yeah, let me, let me kind of review some of those numbers here because you covered those quickly. So you had in 2008, and by the way, I remember when this was always being discussed or when it was being discussed in 2008 um, because we talked about it. And I think many of us made predictions that this was going to happen. So you got a $33 billion cost. Now it's ballooned to over $128 billion. Let's face it, by the time all is said and done, it's going to be higher than that. The original completion date was going to be 2020. Now it's at least... 2033, probably even longer than that. And then, as you pointed out here, 
the federal government is still putting in. Let, let's talk about the $7 billion they need just for the 117-mile segment from Merced to Bakersfield. That doesn't even cover the line to San Francisco. So they keep spending more and more money. It keeps getting delayed. I mean, th- this puts our boondoggle into a new perspective as well because this is, again, like Hall of Fame levels of spending, David. And there's a reason why people are f- fleeing California as fast as the U-Haul trucks can take them out of there. It's because California is completely mismang- mismanaged. The government, you know, whether it was Gavin Newsom or even before him, the, the government, the state the governors, the state legislators are completely incompetent. And that's why this project has been delayed. That's why the costs have gone through the roof. All this is doing is giving them a pat on the head and saying, oh, don't worry about it. Uncle Sam is here to bail you out. Well, guess what? Uncle Sam's us. Well, I want to talk about Vegas a little bit, too, because they're, you know, I go to Las Vegas quite a bit every four months or so. I have a good friend who lives out there, and um, I, I, I like it quite a bit. I don't even gamble that much, but I see shows, and I eat, and I follow some of the news out there, and I do it you know, even on my iPad. I, I see a few sites that I follow out there. But I know when I was out there recently, they were talking about this line from Los Angeles to California. The other thing I know is that a lot of people from Southern California love to go on weekend trips to Las Vegas, and I have my friend who lives out there has a condo in Pasadena because he has to office out there as well. So when we had a discussion about this particular uh, plan to put the, you know, the trains from L.A. to Las Vegas, we started looking at the, um, you know, the particulars where you're only going to be able to be dropped off in certain locations in L.A. It's not like it's going to get you to all your destinations. Same thing for Vegas. There's really no, (laughs) no specific plan on where it's going to get you. Now, I can make a strong case for, you know, public transportation being important on that stretch because people sit in seven, eight hour traffic delays. But when you look at the ROI, David, which is what you do, there's no way to justify the amount of spending, which even now is on the low end for that line. And this thing is a speculative project that's being done on the behest of a corporation. If this was a good investment by itself, that corporation, which, by the way, already did a big project in Florida without federal assistance, they should be paying for it themselves. They should be going out and getting investors lining up if this is such a great deal. But they're not. That's why Uncle Sam is coming in. And the chances are if they need subsidies on the front end, they're also going to need subsidies on the back end, which means that we're going to be shelling out tens of millions of dollars every year to keep this line running. On that Florida line, so they have a high-speed line from Miami to Orlando. And, and does that work relatively well? It hasn't been operating for that long. I've heard some good things. I've heard some concerning things. But again, for, for me, the the bottom line is they did it out of their own pocket. So if the thing ends up being yeah, it's a bust, different. Oh, sure. That's very different. It, it, Sad for them, but the rest of us aren't on the hook for it. Absolutely. All right. So I wanted to, before I let you go, David Ditch from Heritage is here. There are several things you put on our radar, and some of this might be considered, you know, pocket change when it comes to the amount of money that the federal government spends. And we just talked about some of that with the billions and billions and the trillion that's being spent on the interest. But you put a little list together of some of the nonsense that gets handed out where taxpayers kind of, David, get nickel and dime, don't they? They really do. So, for example, in, in you uh, you talk about nickel and dime. When you're talking about trillions of dollars, small amounts might not seem like that big a deal. So, for example, um, the Agency for International Development is sending $790,000 
to subsidize electric bicycles in Uganda. $790,000 is chump change here in the swamp, but it's real money in the real world. Why are they doing that? What is the purpose? I mean, it's outrageous just on its face, but why are they doing that? EV bike chargers in, in Uganda. I mean, I'm sure they could come up with all sorts of justifications about equity and inclusion and climate change. Well, here's a few more. $1.5 million to fight racism in engineering textbooks. That's a bunch of nonsense. $325,000 to study why there's a race gap in kids being trans. $35,000 for exhibitions about how COVID affected the Alphabet Mafia in the U.K. $41,000 to teach English to employed and unemployed Palestinian journalists. $52 million in COVID funding to a school district with under 500 students. That means over $100,000 per student. That's a pretty good return on investment. And the list goes on. I and mean, we see this in every federal budget. Yeah. And when you, add, again, item by item, these things are not the root cause of the federal deficit. But when you're when you have money to set aside for a specific purpose and then the Biden administration decides, oh, hey, let's throw it at this lefty cause or this lefty group. That means that we have to spend more on that agency or that program to get the desired effect. They're making inflation worse when it comes to the federal government. Do you remember um, it was Senator Coburn from Oklahoma who's been retired for a while, but Tom Coburn always used to put out like the uh, the pork list every year and, uh, you know, big manifesto of the money. And look, David, you know this. It doesn't sometimes matter whether it's Republicans or Democrats in in control. This, you know, spending gets out of control with both parties. But thank you, as always, for highlighting it here this afternoon on 97.1 FM Talk. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. We'll have you back. David Ditch, there's no doubt about that. Cusimano's coming up this afternoon. We'll talk a little sports from the weekend. Usually he's here on a Monday. We're going to visit on a Tuesday. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, we're trying to get Kusumano on the line, but he may have um, forgotten because it's, it's a know, weird week. It's off the rhythm a little bit. He usually visits on a Monday, and it is a Tuesday. So let me cover uh, a couple of different stories. You know, Fred was mentioning, and I, I meant to play this audio just because I thought it was funny. I don't even know why someone posted this this morning. Uh, we didn't really have to do sh- snow shoveling in St. Louis proper just because you, you'd be more, uh, I think you might be better off if you just take a broom to it. I think that's what Fred said, yeah, right? Yeah, l- at least the last snowfall, yeah. So you know um, you know Barney Miller, right? Remember the show? Of course. Barney Miller. So th- listen to this here. Your husband may exercise regularly, but shoveling snow can still be hazardous to his health. A recent study found that the combination of using the arms, not moving the feet, and inhaling cold air can strain the heart. (laughs) This is Hal Linden, like with a public service announcement about snow shoveling. Experts suggest avoid heavy meals, caffeine, alcohol, or tobacco before and after shoveling. Do warm-ups before going out. Don't overdress, but do cover your face with a scarf. Yeah, I can picture uh, Fred doing some jumping jacks and (laughs) some push-ups as a warm-up before he goes out and he brushes the uh, the snow, right? Use a shovel with a small handle and scoop and lift small loads. And alternate 15-minute periods of work with rest indoors. Ladies, the same rules apply to you. As a matter of fact, 
Be my guest. Old time Hollywood was so polite. Can you imagine that now? Hey, yeah. get your effing shovel. Put it in your hand. Don't worry about a heart attack. Toughen up. It's a shame. Frank Cusimano's with us this afternoon. How are you, Frank? Good to be with you, Mark. I thought that was a hell of an NFL weekend. Now, I'm a little biased because I'm not only a Chiefs fan, but I double up with the Packers. What, what about that game? I mean, I actually thought that the Packers would compete, but I don't think anyone could have seen that coming, including Mike McCarthy. No, and I tell you what, it's, it's unbelievable that one franchise seemingly is gifted with Favre, Rodgers, and Jordan Love. The last eight games of the season, he's been unbelievable. And then on Sunday, he was out of sight. It looks like they're set for the next 10 years. It's almost unfair that one franchise goes back to back to back with quarterbacks like that. I, as someone who moved to Milwaukee the year after the first Super Bowl that Brett Favre won, and I'm a huge Packers fan mainly because I worked up there for 10 years at the Packers flagship, I'm not quite ready to say that about Jordan. But let's face it. I mean, the guy has been. They keep getting better. And beyond that, this is very young. The Packers are a very young team, right? And they're just going to get better if they draft correctly. So, you know, I think it's house money at this point. Do I think they're going to beat the 49ers? No. But did I think they really were going to beat the Cowboys? I don't think so. And I didn't think they were going to trounce him, that's for sure. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but I am saying that if you look at some of those throws off balance and in rush hour traffic and in, in tight little windows, I mean, this is oh, a yeah. top, you know, top 10 quarterback for years to come. He was just beautiful to watch. And his demise, I mean, and what he's done to the Cowboys' demise. I mean, you know, he basically will probably get Mike McCarthy fired because of that performance. Could happen. There's no doubt about it. It was a great NFL weekend, primed for next week and heading toward the league championship. Uh, Did you spend some time at the winter warm-up over the weekend? I did. And I think the takeaway for me was looking at Jordan Walker and realizing that he's now 6'6 and 260 pounds of sheer muscle. Um, I asked him point blank, is 30 home runs realistic? He's, oh, yeah. For sure. So here's the thing, Mark. They're not as good as the Braves. They're not as good as the Dodgers or the Phillies. But they have a chance to have a pretty dynamic offense because they have three guys, in addition to Arnauto and Goldschmidt, who have a chance to have really breakout seasons. You know, last year, Walker led the team in batting average. People forget he's 21. Then you have Nolan Gorman, who's done a lot of things this offseason to ensure his health. He's going to hit 30 home runs. He has rare power. And then you have that on-base machine in Nolan Gorman, I mean, in, um, in uh, Brendan Donovan, who gets on base like 370, you know, which nobody does in baseball. So you add three young dynamic players with the two you have, you have a chance to have a pretty good offense. All right. Well, it's damn cold here, and I think what we have about four weeks now before pitchers and catchers. Yep. It's getting closer, I think we can say, right? Yes, sir. All right. Well, listen, have a great week. We will kind of preview the NFL weekend. The Blues stumbling a little bit, if we uh, want to mention that. They lost again last night, didn't they? They did. They had a good game against the best team in hockey on Saturday, and they got a terrible call in overtime. Here's my takeaway from the Blues is, they, they had a five-game stretch against five of the best teams in hockey, and they came away with seven points. They had a hiccup last night against Philadelphia, but I still like the way this team is trending. They had four power play goals in a two-game stretch there, too, against great teams. Big basketball night, too. Uh, two tough tasks. Mizzou at Alabama. Alabama 3-0 and in the SEC. Slew, I mean, Mizzou is 0-3 in the 
the SEC. And then SLU has to go to Dayton, who's 21st in the country. It's going to be a tough night for our local teams. Yeah, I'm well, losing a little faith in my Tigers right now. They stumble again. They should have beaten South Carolina over the weekend. And the conference is proving very tough. I know he's got great recruits coming in. And, and let's face it, Frank, we're a football school, right? Let's admit that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Have a great week. We'll talk Friday. See you, buddy. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 